0: What's going on guys? Hope everybody's been well. Oh man, let me tell you something that I saw the other day. Something I witnessed and I have never been so smack dab in the kingdom of fat fuckery before in my life. We were out riding around, we had the dogs in the car, and uh, I had this old SUV. The only reason I have it is because it's a dog transporter. Like I don't want them to mess up the new one. So every once in a while when there's nothing to do, I load the dogs in the vehicle We ride around through old towns, through the countryside, kind of explore, you know. Sometimes you never know what you can find. And you find some pretty cool stuff just riding around aimlessly. And it's relaxing to me, and it's just, uh, it's like one of my favorite things to do. So I'll stop at the store, I'll get the dogs some snacks, and I hate that word, but I guess it's okay, it's for the dogs. We'll, We'll ride around, and sometimes we'll take pictures of things. We tried to get some portrait pictures with the animals the other day, so my mother-in-law calls my wife, and she's you know she's riding with me. Durin' like this other town about an hour away, they went to this, uh, some kind of outdoor place. Um, they were like looking at boats and uh, fishing stuff, and she wanted to know if there was anywhere good to eat, like if I knew anywhere good to eat in this town, because she knows like I go there a lot. So I said, yeah, there's this awesome diner off the highway, and it's some of the best food I've ever had. You know, you guys should try that out. And then I got thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not that far from there. I'm like 20 minutes from there. And I really feel like going to that diner. And I hadn't had a cheat meal in quite a while. So I said, I'm going to go eat there too. We'll meet you there. So we pull up to the diner, park the vehicle, walk inside. Of course, you got to put your fucking mask on just to get to your table. Then you can take it off. And I'll tell you, I noticed there was this family of... Uh, mongoloids big fat overgrown mongoloids they were sitting at like uh two or three tables that were put together i think one of them would have taken up a whole table themselves and these people were eating from the time i walked in the door to the time i fucking left these people were eating and when i say eating i'm talking they were like professional eaters and i could tell by looking at the table that it was three generations of fat fucks. You had Grandma Fatty, you had the mama, she was pretty big, and then the daughter, it was bigger than those two. It's like, how are you so fucking big? You've only been on this planet for like less than 10 years and you're fucking huge. And it's like, but let, let me tell you. So these people were eating so seriously that there was very little conversation even going on at the table i mean they were just that hardcore about eating everything and um you know when you see a kid and they're so fucking big you can't even tell how old they are you know when you see somebody the mother the wooden chair the mother was sitting in was so she her ass was so big the wooden chair looked like the string on a thong i mean fucking huge and they're just eating and eating and eating right so like i'm sitting there for about 5 10 minutes before we get our drinks Then we order an appetizer. Then the meal comes out like maybe 10, 15 minutes later. And these people were steadily eating from the time we sat down to the time we got done, waited on our check, talked amongst each other, and left. It was so bad that I heard, I'm assuming the husband, father, whatever, he actually said to the waitress, I'm sorry, ma'am, I I hate to do this, but I'm going to need to order another dinner for us two fucking dinners they ate two dinners two platters and i'm not just talking they didn't get more than the dinner the first go around i mean these people had it all they had appetizers they they i mean the plate was full or the the table was full of shit and then they did it all over again i'm like how fucking big do you have to be to order two dinners like, I've made another order before when something didn't fill me up or, you know, I just got one thing or whatever. I've done that. But I'll tell you what, man. I mean, this this family of animals, it just blew my mind. I couldn't stop watching the table. And I was just getting angry, you know? You know what I want to do sometimes when I see, like, a kid that's really, really big, like, overly grown, and you guys might think I'm cruel for saying this. I don't really give a fuck. Remember that part in the end of Billy Madison? The movie, Billy Madison, where Adam Sandler returned to the elementary school once he was in high school. And this one kid's like, geez, Billy, I wish I could be like you when I grow up. And he's like, don't you ever say that. For the love of God. And he just starts shaking the kid's chubby cheeks faster than shit. That's what I want to do sometimes when I see these little overgrown mongoloids. I just couldn't believe it, man. I got I got in the car my wife's like, what were you looking at in there? I was like, those people, they could not stop eating. They didn't even hardly have a conversation. They were too busy eating. The grandma, the mother, the daughter, and the two or other, three other friends that were with them. I mean, you could just tell who the grandma, you could tell the grandma, mother, daughter. I mean, you know, like the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I said, she's like, well, what did you keep looking at? I said, well, I was trying to make sure that they weren't going to turn around and start fucking eating my kid. These people were huge. I, mean, I bet their bill was like $250 at the diner. I'm not shitting you, man. And, uh, but, you know, hey, congrats to them. They're out there as a family doing their thing, grazing. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about in this podcast is I want to talk about something that a lot of us go through and I get hit with a lot, about motivation levels and um, finding the love and passion for bodybuilding that you once had in the beginning. And that can be very hard to do sometimes, you know, because in the beginning, you see the results a lot faster, and basically anything you do yields results because your body's not used to doing it. So, you know, the first six or eight weeks, you might not see much, and then all of a sudden, man, it just takes a hold of you. It's like, oh my God, you know, something I'm doing is actually working. People are noticing the changes. It feels good. It feels good to be noticed and and uh, known for accomplishing something, especially to someone that may not have accomplished a whole lot in their life, and now they found something that becomes like their thing. Man, it's like your baby, and you just love it. And at first, it seems really hard, and you're you know you're sweating, and you're going through all this pain. And it's hard to eat maybe the amount of food you need to eat to start growing muscles. But then it just it just grabs hold of you and you're like, hell yeah. Like, I love this shit. I live for this shit. No matter how bad my day is, no matter how bad work is or how bad school is or, or whatever, I live for the time I'm in the gym. And then you just go down that like rabbit hole and you learn more and you don't... You don't study it because you feel forced to study it. You study it because you love it. You want to know more and more and more. And you realize that there's so much involved in this. It's not just lifting weights. It's not just, you know, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's supplementation. There's uh, nutrients and calories. And you start learning about all this stuff and you fall in love with it. Well, then it's not new anymore. You know, one day you wake up and you have a lot more responsibilities, you have a lot more drama in life, maybe, you know, a lot more stress, and you realize that that stress, or that drama, or responsibilities, or what have you, plays a, a critical factor in the whole equation to where, <clears throat> excuse me, to where y- you want to have that love and passion that you had in the beginning, but you don't know how to get it back because now it seems like you're working even harder and you look back on it and you say, well, damn, man, if I was doing all this stuff to get to where I was before, what more do I have to do to improve from this point beyond? You know, if you've already gained 70 or 80 pounds of muscle or even 20 or 30, you know, I can remember my first few plateaus in the gym. I was like, dude, I think this is it. I don't know if I'm ever going to get any better than this. It seems impossible to get through this wall. And then you do and you come up, you come up to more walls and you break through them. When you break through them, it's a good feeling. But after going through like a hundred walls, you start to almost doubt yourself. You start to, in a way, maybe lose that drive a little bit. So even if you're still going to the gym, you're in there, you're going through the motions. That's your time. You still love being in there, you know, more than anything else. It's still a positive thing, but it's not the same feeling that it was in the beginning and how do you get that feeling back and this is something that uh i've i've struggled with myself in the past uh you know intermittently here and there it comes it goes it comes in waves you get through it and and i will tell you guys so this is the easiest way that i've i've mentally shifted my thought process to to being able to do it okay and i'm stumbling on my words a little bit here i'm just trying to figure out the easiest way to explain it here So just uh, hear me out, bear with me. In the beginning, we all wanted to do this. Almost everybody I've ever spoken to wanted to do this because they wanted to improve something about themselves. Maybe it was a work ethic they never had. Maybe it was feeling confident. Maybe it was being known for something or having somebody recognize you when you walk past them. Maybe it was to get a girlfriend or to be more attractive to people. It was something. And then you, you got into it. And then when those results came... You felt good about yourself and you felt good about yourself as a whole. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, now I finally got a girlfriend or, oh yeah, now I finally got bigger arms. You felt good about doing something positive on a regular basis and it became like your foundation and a lot of times that foundation, that's what drives you forward in all these other areas of your life, you know, you, you become propelled to do things that maybe you wouldn't have done before, or maybe you wouldn't have went on that limb and taken that chance before you got into the gym because you didn't have any confidence. You didn't, you had a lot of doubt in yourself and now you don't. No matter how developed you get and no matter how hard it is to keep going, I feel like it's really important to remember that, that the name of the game is self-improvement. If you can do something that day that maybe you weren't doing the day before, I don't care if it's an extra liter of water. I don't care if it's maybe hitting all your meals and not screwing off. Or maybe you've had a problem drinking and you don't have as many drinks. Or maybe you don't drink at all for a week or whatever. I don't care what it is. It all plays a role in the gym and it all plays a role in getting the passion back. It's about self-improvement in life. Not just when you're in the gym. Not just when you're eating. It's everywhere. It permeates into everything. So i found for myself that the way I have to get that love and passion back that I had in the beginning, because the, you know, the results are not going to be the same. They're not going to be as fast. I've just been doing it for too long. The closer you get to your genetic ceiling or even past it, it's very hard to make any changes. So that's when the gym becomes more mental, where it's not the results that drive you forward or that motivate you. It's, it's the work that goes into keeping it up or to try to get any type of results, you know, even just a little bit. And that's why I always talk so much on refining your physique, trying to stay leaner because I've just found, you know, a lot of times when I talk about this stuff, I'm talking about things based on the point where I'm at in a way that maybe some of you can relate to that. I'm probably guilty of not going back to beginner stuff enough. That's something I really want to work on more in the future. But, I mean, what's the easiest thing to talk about? It's first-hand experience. It's what you're going through. So, or, you know, maybe where you're at and trying to share the information of something that's, you know, in your mind, like, currently or recently. So that's what you have to do to get that motivation back. You have to ask yourself. You have to go back to why you started doing this in the first place. You started doing this for self-improvement, okay? But self-improvement can change as time goes on. As, as you're in this longer that self-improvement may not be gaining 20 pounds on the scale, but it may be, hey, you know, I'm going to try to see my abs again. Hey, I'm going to clean up the diet again. Or I want to start sleeping better. Or I want to, you know, I want to use the gym Is the reason to improve in these other areas of life. And, you know, you get to a point when you've been doing this long enough that you realize the average person is basically a slob. And it becomes a fight to stay away from going down that road. If anything, think of what you're doing is not being a slob. You know, you're fighting a movement that you don't want to be a part of. And embrace that shit, man. That's how you get the love and the passion for bodybuilding back. You just got to focus on doing your best and improving in some way, shape, or form. And it it comes down to little things, guys. Little things. So when I say the little things, I mean the motions that you take, the steps that you take throughout the day they turn into the motivating factor rather than just, I look this way this week, I look that way next month. I mean, is that motivating? Absolutely. And that's what we're all striving for. But sometimes you have to focus on the small things. And in the beginning, regardless of whether you want to look at it like that or not, those things did motivate you. You just might not have realized it at the time because you were so focused on the results and what you were seeing in the mirror. You didn't realize that Positivity breeds more motivation and positivity. So, if you did good one day, it was easier to do good the next day. But what happens to all of us as we go on, right? What happens? When we fuck up, we dwell on it, we let it mess with our mind, and it derails us further and further and further to the point where we convince ourselves that we have a problem or an addiction. We think about those addictions so much that. We can't help but do it again because it's on your mind, you know, and it starts playing mind games with you. So you just have to ask yourself, where can I improve? What am I doing that is derailing my train of thought? It's almost like even when you look good, <clears throat> people could tell you you look good, but you know, when you know, you're not giving it a hundred percent or you're maybe not even a hundred percent because maybe your spread's spread so much thinner now in life than it was in the beginning when you started doing this, at least that's the way it is for me. My main priority, my main goal in life was to live, eat, and breathe the gym. And now there's a lot more things in life that I have to take on and deal with. And is it still on my subconscious throughout the day? Is it still like my foundation? Absolutely. But it's easier to get derailed. So that's what you got to do, man. You got to just focus on the small elements, the small steps that you need to take to stay on the straight and narrow. And the more you can focus on that and the more you can... Everything during the day becomes a goal. Eating breakfast is a goal. And you just start checking off the boxes, you know, mentally. Or maybe if you gotta be one of those guys that logs everything and tracks it, whatever. If it helps you, then fine. I don't do that. I don't need to do that. I just think that it's either do it or don't do it. That's it. There's no gray area. Sometimes it's harder to get the motivation or to find ways to do it. It's it's like it's like being in a room with a bunch of people that are losers. And talking shit about everybody else. Once you're around enough negativity, you become negativity. And the hard part is, man, is you got to rely on yourself. You got to self-motivate. You can't expect everybody else to always motivate you. Because at the end of the day, it's your mind. It's your body. It's your choice of whether you go this way or that way. Or whether you stumble and fall. Or you rise up and succeed. That's it. But for me, I have to focus on the process. And once I can start checking those boxes, it just drives me forward more and more. And I, I find that when I, when I can check those boxes off during the day, even like all the small things, then I'll go to the gym and I have a kick-ass workout and I love it again. I'm not just in there saying, oh, what do I do? I guess I'm going to do the same thing I've done the past umpteen years i'm gonna start with this and then i'm gonna do lateral pull downs, and then i'm gonna do a rowing motion and then damn this is really getting fucking boring i get lost in those sets man i get lost in those sets and it's like a freight train and you just start moving forward and you never stop and you know i had this conversation with my son a couple weeks ago we were going to the gym he's been in his room a lot he's doing the online learning stuff he's not going to school i, I mean i He's not going uh, physically going to school. I wasn't going to put him through that. I didn't want him to have to wear a mask on his face all day, you know, not be able to go to lunch at the cafeteria, have gym class or whatever. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, what's the point? I'd rather have him not around the shit that's turned into the norm lately and, and live a quality life and not be exposed to it than to be around it and get dragged down. He's kind of depressed, man. He lives in his room. Like all other kids, they get on the Xbox, and they get online. They talk to each other online. It's sad, man. That's their form of socialism right now, or social life, not socialism. <clears throat> the world's turning into socialism, but I meant to say social activity. I said, man, he's got to get out and start doing something. So anyway, long story short, we're right this gym. It's a small little key gym. The place is a hole in the wall. You know, he's not that age where I can bring him to a regular gym so it's like it's just something and we're riding along these train tracks and I start talking to him about train tracks and I don't know man I've always loved trains just because I I, when I was little and my dad didn't have a lot of money my dad used to take us to the railroad tracks and we just sit there and hang out and um you know sometimes you see a train sometimes you wouldn't I think I've talked about this in a past podcast but when you saw one it was exciting it was uh you know, it was just cool. and it was loud. The horn was loud. It was just it was just stupid. It was free entertainment. It was exciting. And I've always loved trains. Like, a matter of fact, at one point in my life, I thought about maybe being like a train engineer, conductor, or something like that. <clears throat> I don't know. Probably get old like everything else after a while. But I don't know. I just thought it seemed cool. So anyway, I was talking about working out to him. And I was talking about, I said, you know, working out's like those train tracks. I said, where do those train tracks end? He said, I don't know. I said, I don't know either. I said, that train's big and it's heavy and it can move really fast. Sometimes it slows down. Sometimes it stops and it has to wait. I said, but eventually that train's going to get moving again. and It's going to keep on moving down those tracks. And that's lifting. That's bodybuilding. You're that train that just keeps going, man. I don't know where those tracks end. I really don't. But that's how you got to think of it. So, uh, you know, that's how I think of bodybuilding anyway. You know, I'm that train. And when that train starts moving and it's hauling ass, it's hard to fucking stop. That's your body, man. That's your motivation. That's the process that you're going through on the daily. You're getting that train fucking moving, man. And it's going and you're blowing your horn. You're letting everybody know, yo, I'm the fucking beast. I'm the bad motherfucker. And it's going to take a long time to stop me but it takes a long time to get that train going, doesn't it? It takes a long time. It stops, and then it starts, and then you hear it, and and it's moving, but it doesn't look like it's moving because it's so big, and it moves so slow, and it takes so long to get up to speed, right? But once it's going, man, it's fucking going. Nothing's getting in the way of that bitch, and anything that gets in the way of it's getting fucking plowed and destroyed. That's bodybuilding, man. Don't get in my way. I will run you the fuck over. And that's what you got to get back, man. That's the motivation that you got to get. So, yo, if you're having a hard time getting going, I want you to think of yourself like that fucking freight train, man. It might take a few days. It might take a week. But eventually, you know, you're going to get it going. And once it's going, it's harder to stop. But you got to do the process. You got to go through the motions and the steps. And you got to do them enough that you get your train up to speed okay, you can't get the train up to speed by doing good one day, hitting your meals the next day, getting drunk off your ass, missing your meals, staying in bed hungover, that doesn't get that train moving forward, so if you're stuck, get your fucking train rolling down the tracks, where the tracks end, I don't fucking know, and I know that sounds like a kid's book, minus the fucking, anyway, (laughs) all right, number two, um, I want to talk again, lo and behold, about diet, um, a little bit more about diet, okay, so, I just had a guy send me this program that he's going to try out and he just wanted me to critique it. And the the program, the the split was good. I liked the training split and the supplement regimen, and all that stuff was like on the money. It was great. The diet was fucking shitty, man. Real half-assed. It involved fasting on certain days and on other days you're loading yourself up on carbs and junk and it's one of these diets where it's like oh yeah you can eat anything you want a few days a week and this and that it was just something that was just a shitty sales approach that might sound good to somebody that didn't know anything about this that's the thing if you're new to this you don't really know what to believe you'd like to think that there's a way that you can do this that's not as painstaking and troublesome and you're not suffering Uh, but those ways kind of yield half-assed results and i look at it like this rise up to the challenge, establish a new comfort level and make it so these things aren't as hard rather than thinking, oh, what can I do? Where's my freedom? You mean I can't have alcohol? You mean I can't eat cake? Well, no, you fucking can't, asshole. Are you going to look like shit? Bottom line, there's no really secret to doing this. But what a lot of these so-called experts or these social media assholes, what they want you to believe is there's days where you can fuck off and still get results. But then if these other days you take everything out and just go through this extreme deprivation, that makes up for the days where you fucked off, blah, blah, blah. So they do this uh, this extreme nutrient manipulation. These days of fasting, and this, this plays into my, my thoughts on the, the intermittent fasting and all those kind of things as well, just hear me out. This process is a continuous process, okay? This isn't a day-by-day day day thing. It's not, oh, today I starve, tomorrow I loaded, the next day I starved, the next day I did a 24-hour fast, the next two days I loaded and pumped my muscles back up and got all the glycogen back in. The next, It doesn't work like that. It's simple. It's calories in versus calories out over the long haul, over the weeks, over the months. That's the way your body operates. Now, I'm going to explain to you some of the problems that come with extreme nutrient manipulation and these day-to-day flip-flops and this overcomplicated process that people are trying to sell. And I'm going to explain the problems with some of this. Number one, when you're hungry as a whole, when you're in a deficit as a whole, it becomes harder to sleep. This is nature's way of telling your body, yo, go get some fucking food because you're starving. It's hard to sleep. Where does most of our body's fat burning process take place? In your sleep. So if you have a day... Or you don't really eat anything, or you don't eat, really eat a lot, or you take out all your carbohydrates, and you just do you know some nuts here and some natural peanut butter or some uh you know olive oil or you know healthy fats. You gotta do healthy fats. If you take out all your carbs, right? It might be hard as a bitch to fall asleep that night, you know. And then you wonder why you didn't get to bed till 3 a.m. and you had to get back up at six. Then you're dragging ass the whole next day. Well, guess what? Well maybe the next day is the day where you're allowed some junk, you're allowed some fucking carbs. But your body is not um, burning the fuel as efficiently because you're overtired and being overtired can cause a lack of appetite or the other way. It can an over appetite stimulation or what have you. It's just not a good way to do things. So what happens is is it's these extreme like ups and downs, And all the while, you're trying to go through the process of going to the gym and having these intense workouts and killing the workouts. So that also plays a critical role in your success, I don't know, as a whole unit, is if you're not really having a good workout, then you might not be as motivated to go through the rest of the day, okay, or the evening or whatever. If you can't get the pump, if you're not awake, if you're just dragging ass, then it's like you're not really enjoying the gym the way you should be enjoying the gym. You know, th- I mean, that plays a lot in everything. Like when you when you say, man, I was a kick ass workout. Hell yeah. You're on top of the world. You're releasing serotonin. You enjoy being in the gym and you finally feel like you have something that day to live for. You come alive. Now that's not really happening. You, you follow what I'm saying? And and your body, it doesn't know what to fucking think, man. It's like, well, this day he's loading me down and this day he's taking everything away. And what these people don't understand is that it's all about calories in versus calories out over the long haul. Now, you can do this in a slow and steady pace, you know, and and that's my opinion on it. Slow and steady wins the race. Or you can do these extreme calorie drops where... This day, you're 1,500 fucking calories below your base metabolic rate. That day, you're 1,000 calories over, but, you know, as a whole, you're still maybe a little under. And then, but, but, but this diet, this guy's showing me, wants me to critique. It's just like, I couldn't even make sense of it. I'm like, man, what the fuck? It, it was just ridiculous. It was this, this thought process that on the days you load, your body somehow super metabolizes everything in a way that it wouldn't, you know, not having, These crazy starvation days also in the mix, and I just thought the whole thing was a crack of shit. And I told him, I said, Look, man, I'll be honest with you. I try to have an open mind to everything, and there's usually something I can take away from everything, even if I don't buy into it all the way. There's some element of it that I could find beneficial and then throw it in my own mix or whatever, my own formula. I said, I can't find shit in this, dude. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think it's a recipe for disaster. I think it was sold on the premise of what sounds good to someone that doesn't know shit. And I think this dude is a clown that you're you know that you talking about or that you, you bought this fucking program for. I think he's a clown. But th- that's what I'm getting at, man, is it's like these people want to believe that the body only operates day to day, not over the continuum. And I'm telling you, I've tried diet in every which way. I don't knock something until I try it. And then over time, from my own experience, that's when I gain my general consensus on whether I think it's worth its salt or whether it's bullshit. I've done it on low carbs. I've done it on moderate carbs and low fats. I've done it every which way you can do it. You know, three meals a day, four meals a day, six meals a day, eight meals a day. I've done it all. And I can tell you at the end of the day, it's calories in, Versus calories out protein is highly over exaggerated okay carbs are not always the enemy and fat intake does not need to be as high as people think it needs to be that's just my opinion on the whole thing and can you get results on low carbs yes can you get results on low fats yes but i've always found that my best results <clears throat> had come from slow and steady changes there's times where i've dieted and like the first few weeks i've eaten eight ounces of potatoes a meal and then the next few weeks i have dropped it to six ounces a meal that was the only change just taking out two ounces of potatoes maybe three or four meals out of the day it was simple it was nothing that was like that light switch going on and off to that extreme The changes were very simple and slow and I did not make another change until I was ready to make the change and I was trying to push my body further. Now, in the process of trying to push your body further, it's suffering, man. It's all about what the fuck you can stand and it's about staying mentally tough. You're gonna go through periods where you're hungry and the leaner you get, the hungrier you are and eventually to the point where you could be pretty goddamn miserable. And I've never found any way around that. And that's what these guys don't understand with some of these diets. Oh, this day you get to load yourself up. It doesn't fucking matter because as a whole, you are still in the dirt. If you're doing it right, you're further into a deficit than you were day one. Now it's like day 60, you are in a huge deficit. So although it sounds good and it looks good on paper... That you get to have this meal and you know bulk up this day or recharge this day or car manipulate or whatever. If you're doing things right, as a whole, you're still knocked the fuck down. And even though you had a couple slices of pizza, you might feel good for the next couple hours. But guess what? If you're doing it right, you're you're right back to that. Um, it is a fast. Just because you're eating doesn't mean it's not a fast. I understand, you know, textbook terminology of fast is when you go without eating. But I'm saying your body is in such a deprived state, it is in such a um, a loss of calorie, whatever you want to call it, that it's still kind of like a fast. That's the difference. So it it doesn't really matter on Monday if you ate or did not eat or whatever. If you're doing things right, the further along you're getting into it the more of a deficit you're getting into. And that is ultimately what keeps pulling fat from your body. The hard part is when you get down to about 9 or 10% body fat, okay, maybe a little less, maybe a little more for some people. You know, some of us are a little different here and there. The, The hard part is your body has a harder time pulling from stored body fat for energy because there's less stored body fat on your body. And you're trying to push the envelope further and you're doing this by restricting the food more and more. So now the body doesn't really have the direct food coming into it to energize it enough, but it doesn't really want to just go straight to the fat to energize it enough. So you're like in this no man's land of just suffering and fucking pain to go any further. Your body, it just wants to further fight and resist more fat loss. That's where a lot of the caffeine comes into play, the stimulants and this and that, because sometimes, man, you just need something. I mean, I can remember times when just a cup of black coffee was like, oh my God, man, somebody gave me my life back. And it just becomes this like, it becomes like this struggle and this fight from one meal to the next. And then you you eat and it doesn't even feel like you ate anything because you're just overall so hungry. You ever find that? Like you start a diet and the first couple of days, oh my God, this is so much food. I'm never gonna be hungry. But then something happens, something changes. You know, a couple months into it, You're eating like 15 damn egg whites and you get done eating. It doesn't even feel like you ate anything. You're starving. That's the point I'm talking about. But don't worry. Most people are never going to get to this point because it takes a hell, like I said, a hell lot of mental tenacity to get to this point and to push it. And that's why I think, you know, walking around about eh, seven and a half, eight and a half percent body fat, somewhere in there, seven, eight percent. That's a good place to be. That's a good place to be where you don't look like you're starving but uh it's a good mix between you know being big and pumped up and also lean and it looks good to most people and i think you can get too lean to where it only looks good on like a stage or in the right type of lighting or with the right kind of background or what have you but other than that it doesn't really look good and that's the thing you guys gotta understand is like once you get to that point the workouts it's hard to have a good workout you're forcing yourself to do certain exercises. You no longer want to do them. You might not even want to be in the gym because you're just so drained. You're so tired that you just don't feel good, you know, and that that's the point where you got to ask yourself, like, am I just doing this, like, to try to look good and walk around pumped up and feel good? Or am I getting ready for competition? And if you're getting ready for competition, you just put yourself through it at any cost because you want to do your best and you have to be extreme to do your best. But if you're just some guy that wants to see your abs and you want to be strong and look good, I just don't think it's a good idea to take it to this point. Anyhow, that's that's my thoughts on like um, you know these extreme diets and uh, you know these diets where the, there's too many flip flops, you know, and it just becomes more of a guessing game. I think it's actually easier. Like what people think is harder, with like several meals throughout the day. Uh, a little bit of a deficit day by day and continuing on to where the results become, you know, more pronounced. People think that's harder. I think it's a lot harder to have your day-to-day deal be a guessing game to where this day you fell way below your base metabolic rate. And the next day you might have went a couple hundred calories over it. And then the next day you went, you know, 500 calories under it. Like, these diets where there's so much manipulation and people want you to believe that, you know, this day's loading day, this day's deficit day, this day's fasting day, whatever. It's just fucking bullshit. They're just bullshit. It's just, it's shit you don't need to go through. And it's these highs and lows that I feel like can be avoided and you could still get the same, if not better results, doing a smooth and steady approach, really just looking at everything as a whole and saying, okay, where can I take away or where, um, you know, what, what can I add in or whatever. But the one thing that I can tell you guys with absolute 100% certainty is that any sort of diet that takes away the effort, takes away the preparation, makes it sound like anybody can do it. You know, you just haven't found the trick. It's not as effective as a diet that has planning, preparation, and something that you have to put more effort into. Okay. This is working out. The word work is part of that. And that word also you know, takes place in the kitchen. So a lot of these guys, what you have to understand is a lot of bodybuilders are pieces of shit, man. They're salespeople. They're hustlers. They're just pieces of shit. A lot of what they sell is not even what they're practicing. It's just what sounds good to the masses because all they care about sales. I'm never going to put anything out there that I don't do and I don't believe in. And I don't care how much money it's worth because that's not who I am. So don't buy into this. A lot of you guys, maybe you've always been great about going to the gym, but you've never really taken your diet seriously. Some of these people sound very convincing, and it might be easy to say, hey, I'm going to try this. And that's like saying that a football team that doesn't show up to practice all year long is going to bring home a Super Bowl championship win. Yeah, right. That's nonsense. It doesn't work like that. So anyway, guys, thanks for hanging in there with me, listening to another podcast, and uh, train hard as always. Until next time, I'm out of here.